All right, we're live. Eddie King, Backyard Podcast. How you doing? Good. What have you been up to? Uh, just doing the media blitz after the uh, Tools of Empowerment video from Shimano. So tell us a little bit about it. And if you haven't seen it, um, first of all, where can people find it? Uh, just go to Google and just Google um, Tools of Empowerment, the Eddie King story, and you should be able to get it. It's super rad. You know, you posted it up a couple of weeks ago and definitely got some good traffic and i was reading some of the comments and you know um seeing you film that and being um being there some of the days you guys filmed in san diego um yeah tell us about the whole process how it came around and the well, finished it, product kind of started well it kind of started with a phone call from steve blick from oakley at the time and, and knew that i was selling my bike my mountain bike and i wanted to trade it in or sell it and get it you know an upgraded get an e-bike because e-bikes are where it's at right now and uh, he told me, hold off. I think I got something for you. Don't buy one yet. So anyway, one thing led to another and did a little collaboration with uh, with Haro and Shimano. And next thing you know, got a phone call with Ant Hill Films. They came down and we filmed five days, day and night. And uh, it was good. And, you know, they, you know, you do 200 hours of film for an eight minute piece. And they did a, I thought, a brilliant job in the little video. Absolutely, yeah, and it, it caught the news last night. It was on. It was well. It was yesterday's news, right? I watched the clip this morning. Yeah, I did a thing. Yeah, for uh, uh, Good Morning San Diego, and I've done a couple of other podcasts for it, talking about it, and it's good. Yeah, I mean, I just did one day with you, and I literally got sick. I mean, we was there early in the morning till literally it was dark. I've never rode so much. We yeah. got lost. And I did it. Yeah. Like I said. You and know, you was there. Four days, four days more of that. Yeah, no, I was taxing. But, in the back end. but you got to be happy with the finished product, right? It came out great. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, it's, it, was over, it was done over a year ago. And there was a time where I was like, man, are they going to release this thing? What's going on? Maybe it wasn't good enough. Because the Anthill Films films like, you know, world-class mountain bikers for the most part. And, you know, it's kind of hard to take a 54-year-old and try to make him look, you know, dynamic on a, even on an e-bike. So I think they did a great job with it and highlighted, you know, the story really well. Yeah, there's your history as well. They put some clips from even when you was in England in mid-80s for the Kelloggs and um, I think Slough maybe, some clips from Slough Worlds maybe. But definitely maybe. definitely the Kelloggs anyway. Yeah. And uh, yeah, them guys, they, they, they bought some tools as well. I mean, they didn't just show up with a video camera. There was four guys. There was no. drones. and. Well, I knew when they came up and opened up that suitcase and there's the red hydrogen camera. You know, I was like, yeah, these guys are serious right here because that film's in 8K and they had the Inspire drone, which is like a $20,000 drone and it takes two people to fly it. One does the camera and the other one flies the drone. These guys were legit. And if you ever go to their website, anthillfilms.com, you'll see some of their, their stuff that they do. They do some amazing high def, high resolution, cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Fun. Yeah, nice guys on top of that. Um... And we're talking about e-bikes. You were telling me about um, you did a podcast with Tony Donaldson. Tony Donaldson, yeah. And the old school BMX guys will remember him. It, BMX Plus. He's even before my time. Editor, right? Assistant editor, of BMX. Plus? Uh, no, he's the editor of e-bike magazine. I think he was a freestyler back in I want to say the eighties, maybe nineties and stuff. Right. So tell us a little about the magazine and and shooting with him. Just did a, a little podcast, ten minute podcast, I think, with e-bike magazine with Tony, talking more about uh, the documentary basically. Did you shoot some stuff with him as well? No. Oh, I thought you did. Okay. No, actually, I, I did an e-bike semi-test with him, God, almost probably two years prior to this documentary. And I think that's what I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, 
you know, we talk about, you know, how that went and stuff and how much better I've gotten on an e-bike, so. Oh, absolutely. That's cool. So what's the name of his podcast if anybody wants to check that out? I don't know. You'd have to go look at e-bike action magazine. It's almost, there's so many podcasts now, isn't there? It's yeah. like I have my run that I listen to and every week I'm adding new, new ones, which is cool because I, I love podcasts, but there's, there's a lot of, lot of, lot of people doing them. But like I say, you can, I've almost started dropping some of uh, my original ones I listen to because there's other ones I'm filling that space with instead, you yeah. know? So. I wish I knew, but I know that, you know, he just, I think this is the third one that he did that I was involved in. Right. So it'll, it'll, it'll be out there, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. How's uh, how's everything going? How's then? How's your health? How's the injury and recovery? And uh, always, you're as active as always. You're always out there doing stuff. So just uh, everything's good. Just out there riding around and doing my thing, and you know, glad to wake up every morning and grateful that you know I'm still around. Yeah, absolutely. And touching on, um, you know, I got a little bit of sad news today. I don't know this young guy, but. He's actually from my local club in England, uh, Derby, back in the UK. I got a message from uh, one of my t- friends, Simon Bailey, uh, a young man called Edward Pohl, 15-year-old um, BMX rider from Derby. Unfortunately, took a bad crash um, on Saturday. Came off his bike, landed, and looks like he's got some uh, serious back injuries. I don't know to what extent yet. Obviously, as you probably know, the swelling's still pretty. you got to wait for the swelling to go down before you can find out... Um, uh, what what, uh, what actually uh, where is that with his injury? But anyway, I just wanted to say there is a a Go GoFundMe page. I'll I'll post it along with this podcast. I'll post it on BMXWeekly.com. Is uh, again his name's Edward Pohl, and uh, yeah, hopefully uh, healing vibes. And if anybody wants to support and or even just leave a message, and I'm sure that would uh, every every little bit helps, right? Yeah, sure. I think you know he's got a long road. I'm sure, but I mean, don't uh, don't be disappointed. You know, don't necessarily get locked into what the doctors tell you you can and, you can and can't do, you know, because um, there's a lot of things out there that miracles do happen. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, BMX Society Weekend, we were just talking about that earlier. You was over and I saw the pictures online a couple of weeks ago, which is kind of like a old schooly, not like the Hall of Fame, but it's kind of, I saw the Mongoose team was there and uh, it seemed like the, the real early guys, right? The 70s guys? Yeah, I mean, that's truly, you know, that's that's really truly like an old school reunion it's just i think everybody there looked like an art meeting man everybody was over 50 right <laughs> either that or cutting edge high 40s man it was not too many anybody there in their 20s and 30s that's for sure uh-huh yeah and it looked cool i was i've seen and it was skip hess right he was there yes he's the original the founder of mongoose bicycles wow so what was obviously he's kind of out the out the you know you don't hear much about him within bmx industry anymore he went into giant right did he go work for Giant and I don't I think that's Skip Skip Jr. that went to go work for Giant. Okay. I don't know exactly where Skip went after all of that stuff with Mongoose happened. I don't know, but I mean uh he was an original pioneer. If I forgot that you know what he took his team riders and they traveled to uh I think Australia, mm-hmm. New Zealand, Japan. I mean this is back like nineteen eighty or seventy nine. Right. You know, they did some uh uh pioneer stuff with just exposing the sport to other countries and stuff and did he the moto mag was he the inventor the yep, moto mag yeah. exactly yeah 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 and if you were a rich kid you could have moto mags i mean right you know he was like the uh how was it the big corvette you know of bmx back then yeah and i saw that uh, mr greg hill good friend of the show was there and some of the usa bmx guys were there were there you guys sitting in the same table what was the vibe between <laughs> all them guys 
I don't know. I didn't see any of it interacting, and it, it, I wasn't going to play referee, so right. I think everybody had a good time, and yeah. we were all there for other reasons, and we just need to put our our uh, issues down for for an evening, and, and you know, honor Skip Pass and everything that he's done, and all those other mongoose guys and the tour guys from the 77 se tour yeah oh, that's cool man it looks super hopefully i can and i saw the, the wild man even made his presence right yeah he did that's right i forgot <laughs> the wild man was there he's probably the youngest youngest guy there right from he that era is he cool 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 um hall of fame i guess you're involved you're on the committee right what's your your title or... i'm on one of the committees for pioneer and that's coming up obviously this year so you guys have been planning all that stuff How's, yeah uh... the ballots are going to be coming out and there'll be i think eight riders on it and uh how many is it normally five six uh well we they changed the rules last year and they had eight on there and they're they're going to do it again where they're going to have eight more on there and uh it's going to be quite a powerhouse list of names again and all of them i'm sure i mean i know what the pioneer who the people are on the pioneer i'm not going to say it right now but you know there's a pretty stacked group there and same thing i'm sure with the racer and the, the women and the uh, freestylers and the industry person you know, it's going to be very competitive, so... Is our friend Miss Andy Ruffles' name got in the mix yet, or... <laughs> seems like it's always hard to get his name in there, isn't it? You know, I've been pretty much uh, uh, an advocate for, for Andy Ruffles to somehow at least get on the ballot somehow or another, but the guy is, uh, he's so well-versed. He could actually be, he could be a freestyler, he could be a, a racer, he could be a pioneer, he could be an industry guy. The only one he can't get in is a woman. <laughs> that I can tell but I mean you know the guy's done it all and the guy is amazing you know if you ever seen I think he's just come out with a new uh, uh, a Facebook page and stuff like that and it shows all his announcing and he's unbelievable what he's done yeah yeah. yeah. you think about it yeah. he was a really very good freestyler back in the he was number one in racing and freestyle at the same time who does that stuff yeah you know, who would imagine being that you know and on TV, he and would, on he'd, TV. he'd win the freestyle comp he'd win the race and then they'd be doing the TV at the same time, you know? Yeah, I mean, exactly. it was just multi, you know. And, and I was reading some of the comments. He did a show in England called BMX Beat, which was kind of a freestyle um, uh, TV show, you know, that have mm-hmm. different, uh, different, different rounds and different shows. And, and Ruffle was the, um, you know, the co-host for that. And uh, I was reading the comments. And even watching the videos now, it's still... You know, it comes across really good. And I was reading the comments, and somebody said, "Did you did you train? Did you how? What was the training to to be a co-host of, of a TV show in the, such early eighties? It's like just winged it. You know, yeah. that's what he said. You know, and uh, yeah, I think it's still even now it stands today. You know, some of the stuff he's done. He's like I said, he's very well sprinkled around everywhere. He could go into any one of those four categories, and I think somewhere down the road they need to really find a position to put him in so he can go and attack that whether it be pioneer, racer, or freestyler, mm-hmm. you know, because he's, he's done so much and he's attributed to the sport a great deal. Yeah, absolutely. And we were saying, you, oh, you was telling me, like, the Hall of, like, Cash is obviously, uh, I don't know, what's Cash's uh, title he, within the Hall of he's Fame? He's the MC. Okay, but you were saying he might branch off and do do the Hall of Fame on his own, or is, is there... Um, I don't know. I mean, some of the stuff that he's kind of, you know, I think he'd like to do it and take it over and kind right. of do it, but, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's... You know, Political. I don't think anybody makes any money off the Hall of Fame, right? At all, it's 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 very it's costly for somebody, and I you know I'm sure USA BMX is the one that flips the bill for it, but it, it's just uh, it, it's it's a very difficult thing to run, and I think Shannon Gillette's wife Jennifer pretty much runs the whole show mm-hmm. on there and getting that thing organized and from start to finish, and I'm sure it's a lot of work for her to do. 
It's just, uh, I, you know, there, there could be some more marketing. It could be maybe at least find a way to reap some of the cost back at it. Mm-hmm. To, you know, do it a little bit differently. I don't know. You I'm know, sure there's, yeah, I'm sure there's ways you could yeah. get some sponsors and stuff for uh, if you do it right, you know. Um, it would be cool. We talked about this before. Or I, I always think it's a good idea because, like, yeah, England need a Hall of Fame, and I'm sure Holland. You know, I know Garrett does stuff as well, but I'm sure there's a lot of countries that would, would if there was a model you could buy into, or if there was, you know, whether that's USA BMX or cash, yeah. there was a Hall of Fame model. This is how you do it. This is how you run it. This is how you plug in, and then somehow you could sell that to the other countries to do it. You know? Yeah. And, I don't uh, know. I think I see the other one from like Australia. They seem like they do a good job. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know exactly what their format is or, or what. You know how they get their nominees or who's who's eligible to vote or anything like that but it you know this is a small boutique type of sport and it's it's got its own little quirks and you just got to kind of massage things the right way to to get it done right i think yeah and no, i understand otherwise uh, you upset a lot of people <laughs> it's not hard to do that what did you think of well and i mean you laughed about it a little bit some of the the comments and some of the things that were said but what do you think of the um um uh, the greg hill podcast well, you know what? I totally you know, respect Greg Hill. I don't always agree with him sometimes, and, and sometimes, you know what? I got to commend him because he's unfiltered, and he'll tell you like it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't always agree with him sometimes, but you know what? He's always been like that, and I think, you know, it, it's good to have somebody like that around that, you know what? It'll tell you like it is. He's not there to sugarcoat anything, and, you know, and a lot of us, you know, even myself, you know, I'm not going to go out there and badmouth somebody because of you know we don't agree or something like that but i mean you know he does has he's got some valid points yeah i agree yeah yeah no you know? i agree we got a lot of a lot of feedback after the podcast and uh, you know a lot of people like say that you know people that maybe don't talk online or um you know voice their opinions publicly but definitely a lot of comments from a lot of people and those you know both sides but we definitely still seem like it, it was a uh, a lot of people um, definitely found it uh, intriguing. Listen, you know. You know, if worse, you know what? Maybe at least they, he got some dialogue started. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's what this sport needs. They mm-hmm. need a little dialogue from you know the people that want to do, the want to get things done, and, and the people that are in charge of doing things. Yeah, you know, I think so. that's. I think that's a whole frustration. Is you know people need to sit around, uh, sit, you know, uh, sit around a yeah. table and discussion, and, and yeah, everyone's got different opinions, but it would be nice. You know, and include the UCI in that, which I think that'd be really super tough to do that. But you really do need everybody to kind of sit around and talk. You know, new, new, the new riders with the uh, with the industry, with the with the UCI and the Olympic side as well. So whether or not that will happen, probably not. So um, we will we will see. Um, what else? So this weekend it was um, uh, Paris World Cup. Did you watch much of that? Yeah, I watched actually the Saturday Saturday morning one, and uh, uh, before I left to drive out here to San Diego and. Elise Post is just has a, she just has a vicious first straightaway, man, but she's got to put it together in the second half, somehow or another. But I mean, you know, I think the girls are really good to watch right now. That was good. That that main on uh, with the um, uh, the French girl, Man and Valentino. Yes, yes, that was super cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see the race until this morning. Right. Because I was pretty busy yesterday, but I saw that she won it. But then I didn't see the race, and I watched the race, and I was like, "Yeah, it's oh pretty my cool, wasn't it? Yeah." You know, there's something to be said. You know, when you're racing in, in front of your home country, that you know, there's that adrenaline push that you get. You could you tell at the finish the passion in it. You know, exactly. She was. She, yeah. she was not gonna let Elise pass her and win this thing. 
very easily. Right. And, you know, the same thing happened last year, I think, when you saw Joris Dorday win mm-hmm. in front of the Paris crowd a and big how deal. ecstatic he was. Yes. And the same thing with Neek and, and, uh, and Holland and, and Smolders when they went in, Hall, in Holland and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, it's very tough. And you see it also when, uh, you know, the Americans come over here and they used to race at Chula and stuff like that. Or uh, the Argentinians, mm-hmm. you know, when they raced that World Cup down there in, in Latin America. I mean, you know what? You need that extra pressure sometimes. You know, that little extra motivation. And when you're sitting there in front of your your home fans, you know, you know, you kind of wish you could do that when you're on the road in someone else's territory. Yes. Well, know? Kimmon even said that one of his interviews, I think. He said, you know, I, I'm really pumped that I won in Holland because I really wanted to beat the French, in, in obviously, in France. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was one of his... Um, he said that win was actually meant more to him than, than Papadel. I seem to remember him saying that during, uh, during one of his interviews or something I saw... Now, online and speak about home country wins i mean you can look at trey white winning manchester yeah, yeah. Uh, liam phillips used to always win at manchester yeah so there's just a little added i don't know another guys in the country see it you know when you see a guy in your country i'm sure a lot of those french the roman mayho he i thought he was going to be up for the win on sunday but he mm-hmm. looked like he messed up out the gate but they obviously seem you know what you said jonathan like i want a piece of that i want i want to feel like that i want to be able to oh yeah you know go across the finish line they go back to the crowd and uh, my home crown and do that so it kind of yeah, it probably feeds off other people yeah. within their country, you know? And seeing her response, Man and Valentino's response at the finish line was just classic. Mm-hmm. You know, she knew what she just did. And it's like, yeah. like wow, how come I can't do this every other time? Right, yeah. Ago, but, you know, at least she did it right there in front of all the Frenchies. Yeah, no, no, it's definitely the girls was good. And obviously, Kim and Lane, like you said, it was Lane 9. He'd probably still won. Yeah, I mean, pretty to, unbelievable, isn't it? He needs to either do a one-pedal start or <laughs> start in Lane 9. I don't know. I think I comes across that track from the outside they need to hit him with the radar gun and, and see right. how fast he's going and how fast the guy is in second right because those guys just makes they just must freak out when they see him come over you know i mean i think even the quarter yesterday they was all in the same quarter i think him joris maybe graf um it was a tough quarter it could have easily been the main but uh yeah it seems like he gets to that first jump a little bit and then he, he he's like maris he adds that second Second kick up, yeah, yeah, which is only a few guys. You know, Levesque was always at a second gear, yeah. and I'm sure maybe he's maybe he's running a little taller gear than everybody. I don't know, so we can get that top end. I don't know, man, but he's definitely uh, yeah, another another double for for Nick Kim, and then so then uh, obviously Connor came back. He was actually riding pretty good on Saturday till he crashed in the semi. Um, seemed like he was in a little bit of traffic in the first corner and crashed, but I still think I still feel he's going to get a little bit better than. Um, so there's still probably more from yeah. him, you know? Both him and Corbin, I mean, I, they both were doing pretty well on Saturday. I didn't see any of the races on Sunday or anything like that, but, you know, until they both faltered, I think, either in the semi or the quarter. Yeah. You know. yeah. Good stuff. Anything else you could take from Paris? You obviously raced in Paris in Bercy. How many times did you do Bercy? 94, 95? Two, three times. No, I did those in like the mid-80s. Yeah, but like, still, it's always good to race in France, won't it? Five, six, and seven. 85, six, and seven or something. Yeah, I mean, they got a passionate crowd there, obviously. They love BMX there, and they've got a pretty good depth of, of riders. Right. Yeah, just like they do in Holland, and just like... There was a dude in the main, I didn't even know who he was. It's like the continuing oh, to, really? to... There's a kid in red, I forgot. He had a funny name. Oh, yeah, he was in all in, he was in Fuego uniform. Yeah, yeah, like I, I never heard of that dude. And like, oh, here's another one, you yeah. know? So it seems like they've really got a... You know, even when the big guns, you know, they've got a bunch of guys ready to take well, over those you know spots, you know? Is, I think it's like competition breeds that fast mm-hmm. pack. 
I mean, if you look at the Dutch writers, they used to have about seven guys. Mm-hmm. Any one of them could make the main event. And yes. Win. But, you know, they all wrote as a team, and they all, you know, there's just a bunch of fast riders together, and the French do the same thing. Mm-hmm. There's a whole herd of them. Mm-hmm. They're extremely fast, and they're constantly pushing one another. Yeah, yeah, it's feeding off of each other, aren't they? Yep. I think, uh, yeah, now definitely the, the French and the Dutch are definitely uh, a little bit step ahead of everybody yeah. right now, you know? And I, and think, I think if you look at that, too, if you look at... You know, the competition that was Corbin and Connor have been racing one another since they were, what, seven or eight years old? Yeah, yeah. And you could throw in Jared Garcia, too, in that. Tori Nyhog was in that class and as Tori, well. Exactly. So them guys all helped each other, so it's you know? the same thing. I mean, you know, competition breeds, you know, makes you get faster. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So I guess that's uh, World Cup weekend. And obviously, there'll be plenty more to hear about that on the other guys' podcasts and everything on, on what's online in the next couple of days. So we don't need to really talk too much more about that. Um, anything else? When you were talking about magazines, I, I, I connected with a guy on Facebook. Uh, I was just following some skate stuff, and I, I followed a guy called Same Old, and um, start, started talking to the guy during this time. And uh, he um, uh, just his media in in skate, and um, found out that he was um, he actually did a magazine as well, which he sent to me. And um, he actually did come from BMX. His name's Chris Parkinson, and he actually like yeah, he used to race my. My um, my brother Dale in the eighties, so we kind of connected on that, and he just sent me his new magazine anyway, or one of his magazines, and you just flipping through it, Eddie. What were some of your your thoughts? And is that something that we could do in BMX? Do you think, or at least in BMX race, you know? Yeah, I think it'd be worth trying out. I think you could have a couple of issues a year and see how it kind of you know maintains with popularity and stuff like that. Uh, Check out the website, everybody. It's, it's called Same cool. Old. It's kind of a mix of you know old, mid school. Uh, just iconic um, some of the, the in the skate world at least some of the the guys in it and little interviews and stuff and like life and culture and um, yeah I, I actually talked to Chris on the phone and we just did a little interview which I'm going to post on BMX Weekly and then we're going to do a podcast uh, when he's out here he comes out to the US a couple times um, a year and he's out here next uh, next month so hopefully I'm going to do a podcast as well with him because he's a really interesting guy and he's got some great ideas and a lot of cool stuff that uh you could do, you know, in the BMX, at least in our little world, in race, and uh, I think I think uh, it'd be some cool stuff, you know, just just by looking at his stuff. So I would, I would twist it around a little bit and put more of the culture of BMX in there. Right, and that's what's missing into not it, just you know? like you know the same photo that you get in like at the races from Pull magazine. It's just, right. You know, well, you want some background? Or in, or in, exactly. It's really hard to because that's the one thing I think that really misses in BMX these days is those pictures are, are nice and everything, but it's really it's the same picture. Yeah. Same yep. picture, different day. You want the background on the guy, you know? Yeah. yeah so. Check out the culture, I think, a little bit more. Absolutely. And especially, like, say, moving into the Olympics next year, it'd be good to get a bit more background on some of these. Let's say I, I know nothing about that French guy that, that mm-hmm. was doing good yesterday. And a bit more backstory on not just your your regular guys that we do know a little bit more about, but some of these new kids coming up, you know? Because, like I say, I think it's going to be a, a change in the guard in the next couple of years, you know, after the, after the, the next Olympics. So it'd be nice to kind of start to introduce these new new kids coming up you know so anyway anything else eddie i know this is just a quick one we thought we'd bang on now we had lunch and bang a quick little potty out anything else we want to hit on what you got uh you're heading back to az tonight heading back to az and start doing some night riding or early morning ride because it's hot right 100 already yeah but it's dry i mean it's totally different you know and actually riding an e-bike it's not like you're exerting the calories that you would in a regular traditional bike so i don't you know i could easily ride in the evening or in the morning you know what if they say it's going to be 104 105 that day that starts at that gets 104 105 at five o'clock in the evening 
not at 11 o'clock in the morning or one o'clock in the afternoon. It's on its way to becoming the high of 104, 105. So let's make that clear. <laughs> wow, crazy. Cool. All right, thanks, Eddie, and we'll catch everybody next time. Cheers. Cheers.